Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Endries. And I'm Eddie Quinones. And this week, we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Jake or Ric Flair Drip. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So this week, um, we'll kind of jump right into it, and uh, I'll kind of let Nate get the reins on this one again because he he kind of has been in charge of the league nominations but if you want you can go ahead yep so for the continuation of our fantasy awards segment last week we started with two awards most valuable manager which of course we shared the eddie one with three votes uh we also got to our worst trade offer which wasn't necessarily something that people voted on it was more something that people shared because of course each offer was unique to that person but in the end i think it was kind of agreed upon that the worst offer was tom brady for alvin Kamara, straight up from jc to eddie (laughs) that one still kind of makes me laugh but let's move on to this week's awards which are best trader so that is the manager who struck the best balance of quantity and quality of trade wins this season and then best negotiator which is the manager that you enjoyed negotiating with the most so i will uh so what i'm going to do is i'll announce everybody that got a nomination for each award and then i will share uh who the winner was with how many votes that they got I'll, you know i'll share who I, how many votes each person got nominations were (laughs) Kyron. And I'm just going to say right out Kyron nominated himself for both awards. (laughs) (laughs) So I think he was trolling. At least I hope he was trolling. Yeah, Uh, Kyron got a vote for best trader myself and Eddie were the three different owners that were nominated for this award. And Eddie, do you want to give a drum roll? It always cuts out. The winner for this award, best trader, was myself. I got five votes. Eddie got three votes. And Kyron got his own self-nomination, the lone vote of one. Uh, Best negotiator. So, again, manager you enjoyed negotiating with the most. Uh, And I do want to say, we got a lot of participation around the league this week, so I was happy with that. We got a lot of different nominations for this award. So Kyron, like I said, who nominated himself, but then the more legitimate nominations, we had Scott, Eddie, Jake, Sean, and myself. And the winner is QU Eddie. No no drum roll this time. I did. You should probably oh, okay, hear it. okay. I just didn't hear it. <laughs> the winner is Scott, who got three nominations compared to everyone else on the list who only got one. So congratulations to Scott. Anything to comment on the winners of those awards, fellas? I think uh, for the first one, congratulations. I kind of knew it was going to be you, to be honest. I think because of the kind of the qualities of this exact um, kind of superlative itself i think you had a lot of trades go through this year and not only did you have a lot of trades go through but a lot of trades that made your team better i don't think except for that one trade in the very beginning of the year i don't think any trade after that really hurt you um i think it was they were very calculated and i think you did a very good job of dealing and kind of balancing the quality and the quantity of your trades so congrats on that one and then on the second one um 
Scott and I had about three big blockbuster trades throughout the year. Um, and I negotiated with almost everyone in the league. I actually, I want to say everyone. I negotiated with everyone in the league. And I think Scott to me was just the easiest to negotiate with. I think it worked out really well. Both of us knew what we were willing to give up and what we wanted. Um, and we were able to work with it. So obviously that's kind of telling you guys that I, I, I voted for Scott on that one, but. Sure. Do you have anything to add, Jake? Uh, for the first one, I thought that one should have been pretty obvious. Um, just looking at your team, I think with the trades that you made, there was really not any that I thought that you definitely lost, except for that first one, that, like Eddie mentioned, where you gave up uh, Mike Davis. Um, and there's always at least one trade, every single fantasy league that I'm in with you, where I just look at it and like, how did he pull that off? And I mean, really, again, it's just you have the most trades that I think were very clear wins for your team and really not anywhere you were hurting. Uh, for the second one, I also voted for Scott. Like Eddie said, it was a lot of the same reasons. Uh, he was very easygoing. I thought that um, his initial offers to me uh, were better than a lot of other people's initial offers. And I really felt like he took the time to look at my team and really think of what, what I could use to help my team not just ask for a specific player. Yeah, and to chime in and echo both of you, we didn't plan this because we each made our no our nominations completely separately. I was the third vote for Scott, so we're all on the same page there. Definitely enjoyed no negotiating with Scott, and just like you said, Jake, um, just the approach that he takes with you know, coming to somebody and offering a trade where it's not, you can tell that it's not just him looking to make his team better, but he actually kind of takes into account what you need for your team. I think that that's just kind of a best practice in fantasy. And he, he did a really great job of it this year. So let's uh, talk a little bit about next week's awards. It'll be our last pair of awards that we're announcing um, for our fantasy season. They are best candidate for comeback manager of the year next season. So it'll be which one of our non-playoff teams disappointed this year that we kind of expect to bounce back and not only be in the playoff hunt, but be, you know, somewhat of a championship contender, if not a very legitimate championship contender. And then the last one is kind of like an all-encapsulating award. It's best manager. So just who you thought was the best in our league, plain and simple. So those will be the ones that we announce next week, and I will gather nominations for those closer to when we record next week. Let's go ahead and transition to our prior week recap. And this is going to probably look different from here on out because we're going to have a limited number of matchups. But, you know, wrapping up our last regular season week, week 13, let's talk about biggest upset. Eddie, what did you have for biggest upset this past week? I think this one was, I think, pretty obvious to most people. Um, and it, it's kind of unfortunate for one side of the party. And it was JC versus Keegan. So ambush, the man bush. I said it correct this time. And uh, Keegan's team, Sugma, because I know he really wants to hear that. Um, but with that win, Keegan beat JC. And not only did he beat JC, he kind of dismantled his team. Keegan dropped, what, like 190, I think it was. So 167, 167, 167, 167. <laughs> not okay. necessarily right. close, but he still right. scored a lot. I mean, he scored a lot for his team. 
Um, and with that win, it unfortunately pushed JC out of playoffs because Jake did beat me this upcoming week by 0.88 points. So unfortunately for JC, he's out of the playoffs um, and kind of Jake jumped into a spot. So that's my biggest upset. Yeah, Jake, what did you have? I had the same one. I mean, honestly, when I was looking at past the playoffs for my team, I didn't even really consider JC getting upset in this game just because um, Keegan's team hadn't scored uh, 139.98, which was Justin's total. He hadn't scored that since week six. So this still should have been enough to beat Keegan most weeks. And um, I, I, I really didn't consider that JC would be upset. I thought that if I was going to get in, Damon would have had to lose. And yeah. the way that this happened, uh, I thought that Lockett and uh, Mostert would have to be a big part of a Keegan win. But, I mean, he got big games from Baker Mayfield, Mike Kosecki, and Corey Davis. And those other two guys really didn't even do a whole lot. So I guess it's just the way that it happened. And I don't know. I mean, I, I was pretty shocked when I saw that he was he was losing like that. Yeah, completely unexpected. And what's funny about it is, like, not only did Baker partially carry Keegan's team, but, like, he was getting it done even as a receiver. Did you see that catch this weekend that Baker had, like, tiptoeing out of bounds? They were running a trick play. It was pretty cool. But I had the same, you know. I don't think that this is a surprise that Keegan versus JC is the unanimous pick for biggest upset. But Keegan reeling in his third win in a row to end – you know, not just the season, but to end his best player wins fantasy football league career, he went out with a bang, right? I know I always use the Thanos infinity gauntlet GIF when we get near the season's end, you know, talking about how I feel like I'm building up my team, but Keegan really did crush both Sean and JC's seasons with the snap of his fingers in a, I'll be honest, a little luck in his matchup with Sean, because like Jake mentioned, he didn't score very highly, even when he did upset Sean a few weeks ago. But, you know, after getting wins in each of his last two weeks by sitting around 120 to 125 points, Keegan showed up big time in week 13 with a dominating performance that ended up being his highest scoring matchup all season long. Uh, So very unlucky for JC. Keegan, if you're listening, I will miss you, but I'm glad to see you leave your mark on the league in your farewell tour. So let's Stop, give Keegan a mini round of applause and a round of applause for our eliminated teams continuing to set their lineups in the interest of not giving competitors free wins. I told you guys that it might matter and it did. So a round of applause for everybody that continued to set their lineups and especially for Keegan who, like I said, left his mark on the league before making his exit. Most shocking outcome. I'm going to go ahead and lead off. And talk about this matchup between the two of you guys, Eddie and Jake. Man, talk about a matchup that perfectly captures the excitement of our end-of-season race to the playoffs, right? So this one was close all day long on Sunday, which every single player that you guys had was going to be playing their game by Sunday, with you know the, the matchup ultimately coming down to Sunday Night Football, Tyree Kill versus Travis Kelsey, two of the most exciting guys in the league. You know, ultimately, Kelsey put up the bigger game officially, but Eddie, and really JC, I should say, was crushed by two Tyree Kill touchdowns that weren't called as touchdowns. The first, which we talked about a little bit before we started recording the episode here, 
first was a legitimate touchdown that Andy Reid just didn't challenge. You know, talk about a way to get eliminated from the playoffs in JC's case or to earn a playoff spot in Jake's case. This might be the craziest way I've ever seen a fantasy playoff spot determined. But if that wasn't enough, Tyreek Hill scored a huge touchdown late in the game that was called back on a holding call. Even still, you know, I was paying attention to the scores. The game was kind of nearing its end. Eddie was up after both of those touchdowns, you know, weren't called as touchdowns. Jake didn't actually take the lead in this matchup until the very last offensive pass of the game for the Chiefs, which wasn't some big deep ball down the middle, you know, where we're usually seeing Travis Kelsey. No, but it was actually an improvised play caused by a, a collapsed pocket where Pat Mahomes dumped it off to Travis Kelsey for a total gain of five yards. Five yards is all it took for Jake to take the lead and earn a playoff spot. So what a way for Jake to win an NJC season. Pain. What do you guys have for most shocking outcome? Go ahead, Eddie. I had that first one with uh, JC and Keegan because to me that was just kind of like, wow, you know. Second one again with Jake versus me. Um, I wasn't as shocked because I knew coming into the matchup that Jake had a really good team. Jake's team just pulled it off, and Travis Kelsey got that catch and five yards and got that 1.5 points. Yeah, Jake, what did you have? Uh, First, let me say that was the most stressful fantasy matchup I've ever been a part of. But mine I had had, uh, Nick's, Nick's team's performance against Damon. Because with a lineup as loaded as Knicks was, even though CMC wasn't playing, he only had one player score over 20 points. I know part of the, part of this is unlucky. I mean, it's not going to be every week that you have a player who is activated in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but is actually sick and is not going to play. But, you know, a lot of his players underperformed. I don't know how much this really matters going forward. Luckily, this happened where all of his players underperformed in a game that was almost meaningless. I mean, he has a buy locked up. I don't know how, how important either side of the bracket is. Cause you didn't really know how that was going to shake out, but I mean, it's good to get out. Good to get this game out of the way now where it seems like nothing goes right for you. Yeah. A little bit like the Pittsburgh Steelers dropping a loss to the Washington football team better now than in the playoffs. So that's right. So with that, let's talk about the official playoff bracket. So I mentioned it in our league group chat, I think yesterday or the day before, but giving the official revealing the number one seed, Scott, the helmet in the bush, the only team this season to reach 10 wins and ultimately ending with a record of 10 and three. Of course, he has a week 14 bye. So congratulations to Scott. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it all season, but that's extra impressive given that this is his first year in the league. And I would put all my money on it that this is probably a brand new format to him with the two QB, two flex. So great job by him. Second seed is uh, our defending champ, Nick, the fantasy football team. He was the only team in the league to reach, or I should say the only team in the league to end with nine wins. Of course, he had a nine and four record to end the season. He also has a week 14 bye. The way that the standings played out here from three to six is as follows. I earned the number three seed with my team being the 99 club, finishing with a record of eight and five. 
And I had the edge over Damon, who also finished with an eight and five record because I beat him head to head once. So my record against him was one and oh. Damon's team name, of course, being Odell's a number two receiver. And then rounding out our playoff bracket, Eddie at the fifth seed with a seven and six record Ironman snap. He was actually tied with Jake, Rick Flair Drip, who was also at, at a seven and six record. Jake has the six seed, but again, they were tied in head to head record. So it went to that second tiebreaker of total points four, where Eddie has the edge over Jake. I think by what, maybe 30 points, guys? Not even. Or actually, nah. more, a little bit more than that. It's about 40, because before our matchup, it was at about 40, I think 41. And he, he beat got, by about one. <laughs> yeah, by about one. So it's at about 40. Got it. Got it. So Eddie, you know, grabbed that fifth seed over Jake. But I think at this point, Jake is not going to be, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I think Jake is just happy to be alive. So he'll take that sixth seed. Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yep. So let's uh, get into our playoff preview part three. And this is kind of the, the first official playoff preview, right? Because we know what our matchups are going to be. So let's recap. I know we've already talked about it a little bit, specifically with Jake and JC, but let's talk a little bit about um, what happened in terms of movement for the seeding of our playoff bracket this past weekend. So Nick has been our one seed for a few weeks now, and ultimately he actually finished in the two seed, swapping places with Scott. And this is because Scott and Nick had the same record heading into this past week, week 13. They were both nine and three. But Nick had the edge with a head-to-head win over Scott in their only matchup this season. So for Nick, heading into this past week, to secure the one seed, all he had to do was either get a win himself or he needed Scott to lose. Unfortunately for him, neither of those things happened, allowing Scott to jump Nick for the number one seed. And what I personally consider, I'm talking about for Scott, a slightly easier side of the bracket, top to bottom, in terms of a path to the championship. You guys, uh, I'll let you jump in here. Would you agree? I know I know it's pretty close, so I don't want to like paint this as two completely opposite sides of the bracket, but do you think that they're completely even? Do you think that one side is a little bit tougher than the other? Because I just set, shared, of course, that I think me, Nick, and Jake is the slightly tougher side of the bracket. I say slightly. Um, I don't think it's, again, like you said, I don't think it's anything crazy or groundbreaking. Um I think it just comes down to the matchups and everything, but I'd say that that side is just a little tougher just because it's, it's a lot heavier on certain teams than it is on uh, kind of on, on my side of the bracket where it's looking at where you look at teams and some of those teams might not be as heavily stacked as some of the teams on your side of the bracket. Yeah. And I was going to say for myself or for Jake to win the championship, that's going to be three, absolute banger matchups in a row because you know you got me versus jake this week i think that's a tough matchup for both of us whichever one of us wins is playing nick's team which is going to get a healthy presumably a healthy christian mccaffrey back so i think that that's going to be a really tough matchup and then of course whoever comes out of that top half of the bracket is ultimately going to be deserving to be there in the championship so really tough path to a first place finish i think for me and jake specifically but Let's uh, move forward and just quickly recap how Jake and JC swapped places where Jake took the sixth and final playoff spot from JC. So like I already mentioned, JC got eliminated in a really unique fashion with, you know, those specifically that one Tyree kill touchdown 
that should have been challenged not being challenged and therefore Eddie not getting the points and losing to Jake by one point. But this this loss, this elimination for JC was not inevitable. Just like Nick, JC could have secured a playoff berth with a win or with Jake taking a loss. And just like Nick, neither of those things happened for JC, um, which allowed Jake to jump JC for that sixth and final playoff spot in our league. So let's uh, let's talk about this, fellas. We're looking ahead at week 14. We got me versus Jake. We got Eddie versus Damon. And I just have a simple question for you. Actually, two. Which matchup do you guys expect to be closer? And which matchup do you guys think is more likely to see an upset? The answer could be the same for both, but I will toss it to you first, Jake. I think I expect that Eddie versus Damon is going to be the closer of the two games, but there is sort of a catch to that. I think that for Damon to be able to win this or keep it close, Swift has to play. Um, Eddie's team has been very consistent. Um, I think he scored over 150 in I think like six straight weeks. Uh, he is a, so I think his team has a very high floor, whereas I don't think Damon's has shown that. But I do think that the Vikings wide receivers are going to have a big game against a Bucks defense that is much better against the run. Um, also, something that could come into effect is currently for the Panthers, Samuel and Moore are on the COVID list. They're not currently projected to miss the game, but one negative test and they, they do. And then suddenly Robbie Anderson is the last man standing there at wide receiver. So I think that he would be heavily targeted, even, even with a healthy CMC coming back. So if those two things do happen, I do think that Damon has a much better shot at beating Eddie or at least keeping it close. So you've got uh, Damon versus Eddie as your pick for what you would expect to be closer and more likely to see an upset? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, got it. Eddie, what do you think? For me, uh, I think the matchup that I expect to be a little closer is my matchup with Damon. Um, I just think your your team has so much firepower. And not saying, Jake, that your team is lacking that firepower, but comparatively speaking, I think there's just a gap there. Um where I think you're going to kind of see Nate's team kind of split apart a little bit um, and push away from yours. Um, I think the matchup that is more likely for an upset, um, I'd say is the same matchup, (laughs) to be honest. Um, Your team is obviously doesn't have as much firepower, but the thing is, if your team has a very good week, as it's shown before, your team is capable of scoring around 200 points. Um, and do I think that your team might have to have a performance like that to be able to put off the upset or at least get at least 180 to 190 range? Yes. Um, but I, I don't think Damon beating me is that much of an upset if I'm being honest, just because if you kind of look at everything, I think over the, the span of the past four or five weeks, you'd look at it and you'd say, okay, that's a bit of an upset. But if you look at it throughout the whole season, I think just kind of where we're all sitting at right now. Um, it, it, there isn't as much of a difference between the two teams. I think the difference between Nate's team and your team, I think is, is a bigger gap. So if there were going to be an upset, I think it would be a little more heavily favored towards that side. So that's what I have. So you pick your matchup with Damon to be 
what you would expect to be closer, but then you're going to the other matchup for what you would think is more likely to see an upset. Yeah. Okay. I actually agree with that. And I want to say first that technically by the book, Eddie is the underdog technically on Damon because he's the fifth seed. But I think it's kind of a, a foregone conclusion at this point that we all view Eddie's team as being the favorite in that matchup. So we're all kind of attacking this segment with the assumption that Eddie's team is the favorite, right? I agree with Eddie's take that I do expect Damon and Eddie to be the closer matchup. And I think both of you had good points as to why this would be, at least I should say across both, both of these questions, right? Because Jake kind of shared that Eddie is a high floor team, not so much like a pop score 200 plus type team. I think that he's going to continue to do that and put up 150 plus, you know, in that 155 to 175 range. But Damon's team, of course, has showed that he can put up that many points as well. Not as consistently as Eddie's team, but on any given week, I would expect Damon's team to score around 150 with a variance of maybe another 15 points higher or lower than that. So certainly a good week for Damon and kind of a a week at the floor for Eddie's team. You know, you could you can expect a close matchup between those two. I actually agree with Eddie in that I think that the more likely upset would be Jake over me, because while I agree with both of your guys' points in terms of like the difference between my team and Jake's team, I think Eddie hit on a great point, which is that Jake's team kind of has that pop factor where and I don't really think that it's just based on luck. Like he has a lot of players that could just absolutely have great games at any given week, talking about Travis Kelsey, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, some of those guys, where he can get up to that 185, 190, maybe even 200 point mark in any given week. And so I think while my team is going to put up a good performance and it will take a really good week from Jake's team to upset me, I think that that's more likely to happen and Eddie's team kind of falling below that high floor threshold and Damon's team at the same time having a really good week to upset him. So I have the same picks. Damon versus Eddie, I expect to be close. Um, But which one, if I had to choose which matchup would see an upset, I would say Jake versus me. Any uh, closing thoughts there, guys? I know we kind of talked about it in detail, but any last minute thoughts? Nah, I think we covered it pretty well. Perfect. Toss it to you, Eddie. So for our next segment, we're going to go into our around the league segment and we're going to do our fantasy over under. So I'm going to take a look at the records really quick and kind of where we stand. Uh, I'm currently sitting at eight and 13, which is horrible. Uh, Nate is sitting at 500 at 12 and 12. Um, And then obviously Jake is at zero and zero because he hasn't made any yet, but he will get a chance to this week. Uh, This week I did a little different since we are going into the playoffs. I actually did the over under for the entire matchups uh, for the two different matchups. So for the very first matchup, I have the over under of 320 points. And this is my matchup versus Damon. Um, Just to give a little bit of context over the past four weeks, I've been averaging about 163 points as to where Damon has been averaging about 151. So that comes to about 314. Um, But what did you guys have? Sure. So, and just for anybody that didn't catch that, because I think your mic slightly lagged, Eddie, the over-under line for that matchup is 320 total points. Like Eddie mentioned, the, the last four weeks average between the two of them is 314. You know, just for fun's sake, because what can you really base fantasy production on for an entire roster of fantasy players? 
So I kind of just went with my gut and also what I would want to see happen, you know, in terms of what would be the most fun. I picked the over for this matchup, 320 po- more than 320 points for you and Damon as a whole. Jake, what'd you have? I also had the over in this one. I, I think combined with the floor that Eddie has, I expect him to go well over that. And I, like I said before, I do like a lot of the matchups this week or more than probably 160. So that, that being said, I do think that they will hit the over. Okay, perfect. And then for our next one, we have the second matchup. We have the over-under for that being 330, and this is the 99 club, Nate versus Ric Flair Drip, which is Jake. And combined, they have had an average of 325 over the past four weeks. Yeah, first I have to ask, Eddie, did you make a pick for that last one? I, I don't think I caught it. No, I was gonna. I was gonna make my picks after you two finished. So I was gonna. Okay, do it that's right fine. After. Yeah, yeah. Before I make my pick, I've been wondering all season, Jake, why haven't you changed the the name of your team from our previous owner? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I didn't think of one that I liked immediately, and so you just wrote it out. I just wrote it out. That's just what happened. I can I respect, respect that. that. Yeah, I just al- respect I've that. just always wanted to know why. Because yeah, before I, I knew it, the season was over and I didn't change my name. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Well, continuing on the theme of my last pick, again, didn't really know what I could base this on because, you know, when you talk about a single player, you can kind of make an educated guess on their performance, their matchup. When you talk about a roster of 11 different starters, all playing different positions, I just think that there's so much variance that it's hard to make kind of like an educated pick. So I just went with my gut and what I thought would be more fun. I picked the over for this one. So double over for me this week. Jake? I also have the over. I am going with my heart and saying that this is <laughs> be an absolute banger. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. And I guess for me, for both of these, I guess this is why I tried to take the – make you guys have the best data for an educated guess, and that's why I put the averages over the past four weeks, just to kind of give you an idea of what sure. our teams have been somewhat performing like um, – but I think I'm going to smash the over for both of those. I think that my team is probably going to sit around 170 and Damon's team is probably going to sit around like 165 to 170. Um, little prediction there, just in case y'all didn't figure that one out. And then I have the Nate, I have your team probably sitting around like 175 to 180. Um, and Jake somewhere around there, I probably go from 170 to 175. So for both of those, I'm going to smash the over on that. Sure. I don't think you actually shared the individual performances. You're you're cutting out a lot right there. You're going to have to restart that. Okay. I said, sure. And I don't think that you actually uh, shared the individual performances for Jake and I's teams over the last four weeks, if you wanted to quickly share those. Oh, yeah. So with Nate's, we have 168. Um, He's been averaging over the past four weeks. And then Jake has been averaging around 157. So both matchups on an average of the last four weeks can be decided anywhere from around 10 points is kind of the difference between the two teams over the past four weeks. So. Yeah. And a little mini announcement that that kind of relates to this segment. So. This is an idea that I credit, I think, Jake, you came up with this, right, for our baseball league this past season, or did somebody else come up with it? Yeah, somebody else helped me out with it, but 
we both kind of came up with it. So what we did was when our fantasy season, we're talking about our baseball league that Jake and I play in, shifted to the fantasy playoffs. We started to kind of make odds for championship runs for each team that was in the playoffs. We set an over-under line for each matchup that would be happening every week. We also set lines for each matchup. So talking about like who the favorite was going to be and by exactly how many points. And what we did was we kind of just opened it up to anybody in the league chat that wanted to participate. And each week you could make up to five bets, which were probably, I would imagine we're going to have to lower that maybe to like two or three bets, just based on the number of matchups we have in our league compared to what we had in the fantasy baseball league. But essentially you could bet on like the over under for the matchup as a whole, just like Eddie gave us for the fantasy over under this week, you could bet on the line. So like say, and Jake, Jake actually has volunteered to do this for our league and he's going to use, you know, he's a statistics guy. He's about to graduate with a degree in statistics from Pitt. So he's going to use a program that spits out like real numbers for who is favored to win and by exactly how many points and what the over underline is exactly for each matchup. So just for an example, say the line for my matchup with Jake was me winning by 7.5 points. So the line that you could bet on would be Nate negative 7.5 or Jake plus 7.5. And that could be one of your, say, let's say we'll have a maximum of three bets each week. Um, what we're going to do is for everybody that participates, you're going to, we're going to maintain your betting record for each round of the playoffs. And at the end of the playoffs, whoever has the best betting record, or I shouldn't say record. We did it in a points system, right? Jake, you got one point per bet win. Yeah. You, we could do parlays too, where you would get, Double the points, right? Two points. It's just how parlays worked with sports betting. I mean, I'm sure everybody has. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we're kind of, we're painting a clear picture with crooked or crooked sticks here, but essentially if you win one bet, a single bet, you'll get a point. If you decide to do a parlay. So let's say that the line was actually 330, 330 points on Jake and I's matchup. And you took the negative 7.5 for me to win by. In the matchup, you bet both of those at the same time that the over is going to hit and Nate's going to win by at least 7.5 points and you won that matchup, you'd actually get double the points. You'd get two. So where I'm going with this is whoever has the most points from bets at the end of the fantasy playoffs. And again, we're probably going to cap this. I'm going to say two per week only because we're only going to have two matchups in these first two rounds and one in the last. So two matchup or two bets per week and you can parlay either or both of your bets. You can get one point for single bets, two points if you hit on parlays. And whoever has the most points at the end of the playoffs will get a snack of their choice for the draft next year on me. If you're not at my place for the draft, I'll Venmo you some money. You can go out and get yourself beer or a snack, whatever you want. We'll keep track of it. Just a little fun thing for us to do to kind of engage and keep the rest of our league involved, even if they're eliminated from the playoffs. So hopefully for those of you that are listening, you follow that logic. If you have any questions about it, feel free to text Jake or myself. We're going to make a formal announcement about it in the league chat. So stay tuned for that. Let's move on to segment that we haven't done in a couple weeks, player A or player B. And we're going to do playoff edition. So I only chose players from playoff teams in our fantasy league. We're going to start with a pair of wide receivers and let me jump right into it. Player A has averaged five receptions 
on seven targets for 87 yards and a touchdown in each game this season. This player has scored seven touchdowns on the season and holds a weekly average of 17.4 fantasy points per game. In the last four weeks, this wide receiver has scored a total of 92.4 points for an average over that span of 23.1 points per game. Player B has averaged seven receptions on 10 targets for 85 yards this season. This player has scored five touchdowns on the year and holds a weekly average of 17.9 fantasy points per game. In the last four weeks, this wide receiver has scored a total of 65.5 points for an average over that span of 16.4 points per game. So I ask first, does anybody need anything repeated? I'll take that as a no. Which brings me to my ultimate question. Would you rather have player A or player B? Jake, go ahead. I'm going to take player B because of the – I think I know who it is. Um, I'll let you take a shot on guessing once Eddie makes his pick. Okay. Not sure about player A, but I, I think player B with the uh, – so I, I, touchdown production is kind of unpredictable. It's very unpredictable. I don't usually try to rely on it if I don't know things like uh, – like red zone targets or things like that. So just looking at it uh, without any of that information, I try to, I, I'll usually lean towards the person with more receptions or more yards. Sure. Eddie, what, what is your take on this? Um, I'm actually going to go a here. Um, and obviously this kind of goes against what I normally say about kind of touchdown production. And I think you guys heard this before. I'm always going to lean towards the guy that, uh, that can produce more yards and touchdowns. But realistically here, player A has been producing near the same amount of receiving yards um, on actually less targets. Um, and then he's obviously has had those touchdowns and average a touchdown. Um, so actually like the production of player A compared to what he's getting in and what he's doing with that opportunity more so than player B. Sure. And that you think you know who player B is. What's your guess? DeAndre Hopkins. It is DeAndre Hopkins. And how did you come to that conclusion, being that he is not on your team? Uh, well, I was looking at our Matt remembered some of the stats from DeAndre Hopkins. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I think I cheated a little bit. That's all right. So uh, I'll throw it to Eddie. Any guesses on who you picked, player A? Again, uh... this is on a playoff team. Think of players that have been doing really well, wide receivers that have been doing really well over the past month because I just Jefferson in the last four weeks. It is Justin yeah. Jefferson. So these guys, DeAndre Hopkins and Justin Jefferson are back to back in the overall power rankings. And that's according to their total point production on the season. DeAndre Hopkins is wide receiver five. Justin Jefferson is now wide receiver six. Of course, he has made a climb recently with just a crazy point total over the last four games, but you know, I don't think that anybody is taking away from the legitimacy of his ranking because he, for the better part of a month and a half now, so add heading into the playoffs. I think, you know, if you're talking about over a full season, there's no question about it that even still with all the talent Justin Jefferson has shown that you're taking DeAndre Hopkins 10 times out of 10. 
But, you know, there's clearly an argument to be made that as you head into the fantasy playoffs, you might want to ride the hot hand. And lately, that's been Justin Jefferson. So I thought that was an interesting one. Let's talk about quarterback duo and jump right into it here. Player A is averaging 290 passing yards with three passing touchdowns and one interception per game while also averaging 35 rushing yards on six, six carries per game. This player has a 32 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio on the season and has averaged 24.0 fantasy points per game over the year. In the last three weeks, this quarterback has scored a total of 49.5 points for an average over that span of 16.5 points per game. Player B is averaging 295 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and one interception per game while also averaging 28 rushing yards on six carries per game as well. This player has a 24 to six touchdown to interception ratio on the season and has averaged 23.1 fantasy points per game across the whole year. In the last three weeks, this quarterback has scored a total of 83.9 points for an average over that span of 28 points per game. So first question, anything that I need to repeat? Nope. And then that brings me to my ultimate question. Would you rather have quarterback A or quarterback B? Eddie, go ahead. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a, just cause of, or no, scratch that. I'm going to say B solely because of the touchdown to interception ratio. Um, obviously I think, I think player a has the better ratio scoring more touchdowns with only four more interceptions. Um, I don't remember what the, what's the exact number touchdown to interception ratio from a to B. A has 32 touchdowns and 11 interceptions on the season. B uh-huh. has 24 touchdowns and six interceptions on the season. Ooh. So about a four to one for yeah, B yeah. and about a three to one for A. But of course, shout out to my boy Damon. In fantasy, all that really matters in the end is total point production. And if you're talking about eight more touchdowns for quarterback A to only yeah. five more interceptions, you're talking about what is that? Four times eight is 32. Five times two is 10. So that's 20 two more points total, even though the touchdown interception ratio is a little bit worse. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to kind of think of right now. Um, I think, I think I'd go with, I think I'd go with a actually on this one. Um, Bouncing back and forth. Yeah. Your, I think it's a, your final yeah, answer. I'm going to, I'm going to say that's my final answer. I think just the numbers trying to play the numbers in my head because this is honestly like you said 22 points of a difference when you really look at it sure. obviously b has been producing better within the past three weeks than a but uh i don't yeah. know I, let me play I, devil's go advocate here, again but... and say sure let me play devil's advocate one more time and say in the first comparison you chose the hot hand wide receiver this time you're going with um kind of the more season-long reliable player over the hot hand so I, I guess it's not really devil's advocate, but just kind of pointing out. Also, I have a feeling like I know who A is and who B is. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's yeah. let's see what Jake thinks. What do you got, Jake? 
I would go with quarterback B. Um, I do like the le- I do like that he has less picks. I know that the touchdown differential is it's pretty pretty large, but like you said, points are all that matters. And play and player B has almost what is it almost twice as many over the last three weeks. Yeah, it's close. It's about thirty four more points over the last three weeks. Yeah. So heading into the playoffs, I would rather have that guy. I also have a guess for player A, though. I'm not sure about B. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let Jake take a guess on A, and then we'll let Eddie take a guess on B. So, Jake, who do you got for A? Who do you think it is? I'm, I'm trying to remember between two players, but I'm going to guess Kyler Murray. That is incorrect, but that's a good uh, guess because he's been I, pretty bad lately. I wonder if it's the other guy I thought then. Uh, well, let's let's see if Eddie can go to yeah, let Eddie here. I, I'm going to say Russell Wilson. Is, which quarter, is which quarterback? A. That's right. Yeah. Russell Wilson is quarterback A, who you flipped off of and then back and on to, but that's your to. guy. Yeah. And then for B, I'm I'm tossed up between two people. I know give Aaron me your, Rodgers. Give me your gut. No, give me your gut. My it? gut wants to say Aaron Rodgers. Incorrect. Who is your other guess? I was going to say, uh, what is it? Oh, Josh Allen. But No, it's actually the quarterback that you didn't trade for from Scott's team. It's Deshaun Watson. So I can't say which one's going to be better, you know, in these next few weeks for playoffs. But if it just so happens that Scott, just by the luck of the draw, chose the right quarterback to trade away, maximizing value, but also just kind of keeping the better quarterback for the fantasy playoffs, that would be pretty crazy. Um, Because Deshaun Watson, there's no question about it, that lately he's been – a lot better than not just Russell Wilson, but pretty much a lot better than everybody. I think mm-hmm. he's he has to be the number one quarterback in fantasy over the past three weeks. So, you know, I think if I were to choose between the two duos on this segment, I would still have to go with DeAndre Hopkins in the first segment. Um, it's really close, I'll admit that. But I just think in terms of like, if you're actually visualizing, just think of it as you have one flex spot left to play with. Who are you starting in any given week? Are you starting DeAndre Hopkins? Are you starting Justin Jefferson? I think for me, that call is still going to go to DeAndre Hopkins every time, so that's why I would take him there. For the you quarterback, what, if you have the flexibility. To yeah, have if, the you, cho- if you if had that choice, right. uh, you're in a good that, spot. <laughs> yeah, you're in a good spot. But I'm just saying, like, in yeah. order to make kind of like a fair comparison, no, I right? Get it. Um, but for the quarterback comparison, man, it's. I'm kind of dealing with the same thing with Kyler Murray doing really poorly over the past three weeks. Like he hasn't been an unstartable quarterback, but he certainly wasn't what I paid for. (laughs) Um, So I think, I think I would have to go with Deshaun Watson here. It's really, really, really close, but I think I have to go with Deshaun Watson just based on, how much better he's been than not just Russell Wilson or j- just Kyler Murray, but just better than everybody lately. So I think those are my two I picks, agree. Hopkins and, and Watson. I, I kind of agree there. Um, and I guess now looking at at their matchups in the upcoming weeks and kind of knowing who they both face and stuff like that, um, I'd lean towards Russell Wilson still just because I favor sure. his next four matchups over Deshaun Watson's. Um, but you can't deny the fact that Deshaun Watson's been doing better than Russell Wilson for the past four weeks. And you can't go wrong. Was. You yeah. can't go wrong either way. Like nobody's going into a playoff matchup and thinking, 
oh man, I have to start Russell Wilson or yeah, oh, yeah, oh, I yeah. have to start Justin Jefferson. Like, no, these are exciting players. But of course, when we get to this part of the year and we're talking about a playoff edition for this segment, mostly every player that we could mention in this segment is going to be a really talented player because of course it's just the best teams left. So we'll have to maybe bring that one back next week with the remaining four teams. I think that's a fun one to do. I agree. Let's uh, quickly talk about, or maybe not so quickly, because I guess when I was prepping for this, I kind of wrote a lot. Transaction of the week. Since I had a lot, I'll, I'll just go ahead and, and lead us off. I have Scott adding Kiki Cootie and dropping Travis Fulgham. This was my transaction of the week for two reasons. First of which, it was just time for Travis Fulgham to go. He's been trending horribly downward over the past few weeks. And I think it's only going to get worse as Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard continue to see their roles expanded in Philadelphia's offense. But as far as Travis Fulgham goes himself, he has scored a total of 7.2 points over his last four games. That's an average of 1.8 points per game. So just absolutely horrid performance over the past month from Travis Fulgham. But the second reason why I thought that this was a great transaction for Scott was that Kiki Cootie was a smart ad in wake of the Will Fuller suspension, which I think somehow we missed talking about this on the last episode, Eddie. So we're going to actually talk about this in a little bit further detail shortly. But again, Kiki Cootie, you know, in wake of this, this Will Fuller suspension, you look at the aggregate of what the Texans offense was this past off season and what they are now. And you see the Texans offense has lost Deandre Hopkins who was traded to the Cardinals, of course. Kenny Stills was just released a couple of weeks ago. And now you have Will Fuller, who, who truly stepped up as a wide receiver one for them, getting suspended. Somebody made the joke, you know, he got suspended for abusing the substance policy. And I think it was specifically like a banned substance that masks PEDs. I don't think anybody thinks so Will Fuller took PEDs been healthy all year. I thought that was kind of funny. But this offense now basically only has Brandon Cooks and Kiki Cootie left in the passing game. And Kiki Cootie showed that he can step up. He put up a 22.1 point performance that came mostly through volume. I think he had somewhere around eight catches for like over 120 yards. And I don't think he scored a touchdown in this game. So if that's the kind of volume, and I'm not saying that it will be, but it could shake out that Kiki Cootie becomes Deshaun Watson's favorite target in terms of volume, in which case this would be a great ad for Scott because if he, if, if he gets put in a tough position where one of his you know, stud flex players gets hurt heading into the championship round, if he makes it that far, Kiki Cootie could become a legitimate flex play at that point, depending on how he does over this next week or two. Like I said, that was probably longer than it needed to be, but I thought it was a pretty smart ad by Scott. Did you guys have anything for that? Yeah, I had uh, one for the first one. I had Nick adding Harrison Butker had 17 points last week for a kicker. I saw that. Yeah, um, I saw that. Um, obviously, Nick still lost, but still a great ad for him. It's a smart ad. And then my second one, I did have uh, Kiki Cootie with 22.1 points, fortunately on his bench, but <laughs> still had a great performance. Yeah, and Scott still won, so it didn't yeah, yeah. matter too much. Jake, did you have anything for Transaction of the Week? It's kind of a niche segment. Yeah, I mean, I had, I had Kiki Cootie, too. I didn't think that there were a lot of... A lot of Quality. <laughs> yeah, not a, yeah. 
there weren't a whole lot of ads, but I mean, like you said, um, he stepped right into that number two role. Uh, he led the team in both targets and yards and the connection with Watson, the trust that he showed in him was very encouraging. And really, I kind of expect him to be no less than a solid flex play moving forward. And if I were Scott, I, I would be confident starting him at my flex position in the playoffs. That's a bold statement from Jake, who I, trust, who I trust his I trust his fantasy opinion. So, Scott, you have a lot to be encouraged with there. I mean, honestly, I'm looking at his team, and I, I might start him over even like Antonio Brown, some of these other guys that are in his flex position, like the flex two spot. I might start him there. Yeah, don't give free advice out. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, 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 guess you yeah. can, since he's not on our side of the bracket. But but don't do it. Hey, I like I like Scott. Scott gets <laughs> all the advice he All right, so I I mentioned we did we somehow skipped it on last week's episode. So let's talk about it now. I just mentioned Will Fuller the fifth got suspended for the rest of the season for violating the NFL's PED policy. So I have a couple questions for you guys. Does this help Brandon Cooks, or does it hurt Deshaun Watson, or both? Jake, go ahead. I guess it does hurt Deshaun Watson. I don't think that losing your number one wide receiver is ever really a good thing. I don't see how that really can help any quarterback. Um, so I think it does hurt him. I've After this past week, though, seeing Cootie step up and the level that Watson's playing right now is just, like you guys said, he's probably QB1 over the last couple of weeks. I still would have a lot of confidence in him going forward. As for Cooks, I would have said that it's going, it would have helped him a lot prior to Sunday. But the way that Cooties really stepped up, Cooks really seemed to have like a typical Brandon Cooks game. You didn't see an increase in targets. The yards weren't really much more. Like, I don't know if you can really, how you can really count that going forward. But while it does help him because it's one less mouth to feed, I don't think he's the clear number one as, as I would have said before Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, th- it is worth noting, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Eddie, he's, he's your player, so you probably know yeah. more than I would, yeah. but he did miss like a small portion of the game for being Yeah, and I was going to point that out. Yeah, I was going to point that out. He was out for a decent amount uh, through the middle of the game just because he was being evaluated for a concussion and everything. Um, and I'm pretty sure Kiki, during that, that period of time, I think that's when he, I think he had a touchdown or something like that. And I think that's when kind of that touchdown came into play. Um, Cooks wasn't on the field or anything like that. Not saying that it's the reason that he scored a touchdown, but it, it could be a factor. But did, did he score a touchdown? Did I miss that? I think Kiki did score a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. He did not. He went for no, eight. I didn't think he he went for eight receptions okay, and 141 okay. yards. So it must have been, must have been somebody. Um, but I think, there's, I think there's a fair dialogue to be had on both sides. I agree yeah. with Jake in that I don't think – I would have said, as Jake would have, that this is great for Brandon Cooks because he becomes wide receiver one right after it was announced that Fuller got suspended. But then after seeing this past Sunday's game, even with Cooks missing a chunk of the game, coming out with that you know concussion protocol evaluation, I still think that just based on Kiki Cootie's usage that I think Brandon Cooks just kind of stays in the role that he was already in. So, And, and I guess I kind of will, will say this. Um, I think Kiki having such a good game actually helps out Brandon Cooks in a way. Um, it could, sure. 
Because I think with the possibility of coverages and everything in a defense, Will Fuller goes out. I think immediately when you're on the other side of the defense, the other notable name is Brandon Cooks. So you kind of give him a little bit more attention throughout the game. Um, sure. And I think Deshaun Watson spreading out the ball and giving it to other players might give Brandon Cooks a little bit more uh, leeway against a secondary or a defense because they might not be keying him so much. Um, but obviously that's what I'm hoping yeah. for. That'll happen, but we'll see. Sure. So semi-related, um, kind of talking a little bit about Nick's team in particular here, who was the owner of Will Fuller the fifth, you know, prior to him getting suspended. With Christian McCaffrey coming back, Nick should only have to start two wide receivers in the sense that I think he has enough good players that he can start running backs in both of his flex spots. You guys think that Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster will produce enough to get it done for Nick during our fantasy playoffs, or do you think that that's going to be a weakness for him um, when we're talking about in the context of playing other you know, playoff teams? I myself personally say that's a weakness. Um, I think coming and going into the playoffs, you all of your spots need to be pretty solid. Um, and I, I would even say Allen Robinson's fine. I think it's just Juju. I think Juju's a, a, I think Juju has a high ceiling, but he also I think he has a pretty decently low floor. Um, I think the lowest he scored in a game this year was. 2.6 points recently his lowest in the past four weeks was 5.9 i'd say he's been averaging anywhere around 13 or 14 in the past uh past four weeks i don't know if 13 or 14 points from your wide receiver too obviously his flex options are a little more stacked and and they'll, they'll kind of make up the point differential but if he loses a game i'd say it's because of kind of his his lack of depth at his wide receiver spot sure jake what are your thoughts I guess I think that it will be a weakness, but I don't think it's as much. I guess I don't think it's as big a deal just because of the two absolute studs yeah. he has at running back. Mm-hmm. Normally, you're not going to have like Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. You'd probably say you're going to get about 50 points between the two of them around 50 each week. Yeah, and it could grow as high as 70 between those guys. That's the scary part about mm-hmm. Nick's team. And, exactly. and then you, and then that's not even including Pat Mahomes, who he has playing at quarterback, of course. Exactly. So I, I like I like Allen Robinson. Uh, he he is really the only guy in Chicago in that passing attack. I mean, there's really nobody else. And I, he gets a he gets a hefty enough target share that he's probably good for about ten at least ten points every week. Juju recently has seemed to be uh, every pass that they that they throw to him seems to be like three yards from the line. Three, three yards. Yep. Yeah. And. <laughs> I don't think like if he doesn't score a touchdown, I don't know that you can really count on him for a big game or even a decent game. But like I said, I don't think that's going to be a huge deal just because the way Nick's team is built. I don't think he has to rely too much on his wide receivers. They just have to not, I guess they just have to not screw it up for him. Yeah. And I agree with that. And and I want to preface what I say in, in fairness to Nick by sharing that there's just no possible way that he could, plan around will fuller getting suspended because one that's completely unexpected right two the timing of the suspension was after our trade deadline passed so it's not like he could go out and trade let's say derrick henry for a lesser running back and a better wide receiver so it's not like he could kind of manage his way out of this one but if we're just talking about 
you know, Will Fuller being suspended, that being a sunk cost and just, you know, a lot, you know, an L that Nick has to take, so to speak. And we're just comparing his current team to other current playoff teams. I do think that his wide receiver pairing of Allen Robinson and Juju Smith-Schuster is a little bit weaker when you're looking at the rest of the field in the playoffs. But I think Jake shared some good points that the top of Nick's lineup, I don't really think can be matched by many, if any, other playoff team. Talking about Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, and Christian McCaffrey. So I think in the end, it kind of balances itself out a little bit. That stinks for Nick because Will Fuller was having his best season by far and was very clearly a wide receiver one in fantasy. And his team would have been very scary with Will Fuller in there instead of Juju Smith-Schuster. But I still think that, uh, you know, he should be in a good spot, but it definitely made his team a little bit more vulnerable and less of a standout from the rest of the crowd. Um, any, any closing thoughts on Will Fuller as far as the Texans offense or Knicks team guys? Not uh, nothing else. Okay. So our, our very last uh, topic here to end the episode is this week, this, this week 14 playoff matchup between Jake and myself, as well as the playoff matchup between Eddie and Damon. So I have one question for each of you guys, Eddie, who do you got between me and Jake in our matchup? Who are you picking to win? I have my preference, and then I have my actual pick. I prefer Jake to win this matchup. Um, just because I think if you look at it in the long run, yes, Jake, you will obviously give anyone a run for their money, just as like you beat my team this past week. Um, but I think as longevity and consistency, I think through the long run, let's say if I, if I were to win my side of the bracket and face you, in in the in the finals, I feel like I'd have a better shot against you than I would against Nate's team, and I think a lot of people are going to feel that way. Um, I think coming into the playoffs, there's a there's a gap between number one, number two, number three, number four, and so on to the bottom of the bracket. I think it's just the teams and just kind of how they've been laid out. Um, so, I want Jake to win, but I think that I think that you'll ultimately end up pulling this off, Nate. But that's what I'd like. All right. So looking at the other side of the bracket, Jake, who do you have as the winner between Eddie and Damon? What's your pick? I am taking Eddie in this one. Uh, like I said before, I like the floor for his team. Uh, and then I just I, – I don't think that Damon is going to be able to match. I expect Eddie to have – to be able to hit about 170, 175 points. And especially if Swift doesn't play – I don't think that Damon's going to be able to match that. Yeah. And I, as somebody who's on the other side of the bracket with you, Jake, picking between Eddie and Damon, I agree with you. I uh, mentioned, I think on last week's episode or maybe the episode before, I think Eddie has the best team in the league outside of my own. And again, that's probably arrogant to say or biased to say, but I believe in my team a lot. I believe in Eddie's team right behind me. If I were to lose in this first week or next week, I would bet on Eddie winning it all just based on the talent of his roster. So I have to go with Eddie here in his first matchup, which comes against Damon. Um, any, any closing thoughts on uh, just, you know, your excitement for this weekend guys or the season Jake, since you, you know, you might not come back on the episode. If the only way I guess you would come back on our podcast this season is if uh, 
if he won the championship. So any closing thoughts to share with? I'll be back then at the end. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like I like the confidence. Yeah, Eddie, do you have anything? Uh, no, nothing much. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I I did want to say, we mentioned this a while ago. For those of you that care about baseball, and I think, let me look at our, uh, who all is in our league. I know JC plays with us. I think that's about it, Jake. We don't have any other, no, Mike plays with us as well. I was going to say for our baseball league, our fantasy baseball league that Jake and I play in together, we also have JC and Mike in that league as well in terms of people that are in this fantasy football league. Jake and I are going to be starting a podcast under this account you know the best player wins fantasy crew so jake and i are going to be the hosts of the fantasy baseball season where we're going to probably do the same format putting out about one episode per week it should be you know very similar format to what you're hearing now with the fantasy football podcast but just wanted to kind of give you guys a little fair warning that you know once that season comes up which isn't for another what four months but, you know, it will be coming. You're going to hear Jake and I as co-hosts. So we're excited to bring that to you eventually. Just wanted to mention that while Jake's here on the air so that you guys could uh, have a little bit of heads up that you will be hearing from Jake before next season if he doesn't come back for, you know, a championship episode. You'll still hear him because we're going to be doing the, the baseball podcast together. So that's all I have. Uh, go ahead and wrap us out or wrap us up, Eddie. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, thank you everyone for coming, uh, coming uh, to episode number nine here. Uh, thank you, Jake, for joining us and kind of making this episode a little interesting and kind of having these conversations with us. Uh, we really appreciate anyone who can make it on. So thank you again. Um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah.